I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Howdy and welcome to Wikishuffle. That noise you can hear is Phil Sharman chewing on some Doritos. Phil, when are you going to stop? Oh, I've got a few to go, yeah. How much has he got, Chris? Well, it's a fairly big bag that he's been here for five minutes. This is, this is a big, this is like a family-sized movie night share time bag 200 grams 200 grams of Doritos you're going to eat all of them grams of spice I don't know it is my dinner don't have that for dinner even I know you're not supposed to have that for dinner I I know you're definitely not supposed to have Christmas dinner I didn't have a lot at one point I nearly died Anyway, Wiki Shuffle, Chris, oh, yeah. your turn to explain. What is a Wiki Shuffle? Well, Wiki Shuffle is where we press the random article button on Wikipedia and then it does some algorithm and then we talk about the end result for your amusement. Well explained, okay. We've never really looked into what that algorithm is. It's boring, that's Ooh, why. Science, magic. Are we bothered about being boring now? <laughs> <laughs> Last episode was a disaster because I was angry because Chris was late. We what happened today, talk. Phil? I was really late. How I was late? Good. I was out shopping for Doritos. Yeah. About 45 minutes late. Yeah, well, a bit more. A bit more, maybe. I don't know. But but I let you know what's happening at every stage of the way. And I bought you M&Ms. Yeah, you did. Yeah, all right. Should we do a wiki shuffle? Let's do some wiki shuffles. Okay, yay. Good mood. <laughs> Tosham Rock Inscription. Is it in Tosham? It is in Tosham. Where's Tosham? Sounds like it's in the south of England. It does, doesn't it? It sounds a bit like it's got a good service. I don't know. Halifax, Actually, right? maybe, yeah, maybe, actually, maybe yeah. northern. Yeah. Up, yeah. up Tosham, up to Tosham, foot to shopping. Oh, I'm yeah. not from the north. No. <laughs> the Tosham Rock Inscription is in Tosham, and Tosham is in Haryana, India. And the inscription is an epigraph documenting the establishment of a monastery and the building of water tanks for followers of the Satvata religion. Never heard of that. It's writing on a rock. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all we know so far. Establishing a monastery for followers of Satvata, but we don't know what Satvata is. The Satvatas were a southern people held in subjection by the Bojas. So I guess we need to find out who the Bojas were. Yeah, it's just Carlos's. Tosham is located in Biwani district, Haryana, India. The inscription is carved on a smooth rock face high above the town. So all can see. In the immediate area are ruined brick structures and other archaeological traces. There are also Tosham rock paintings and Tosham hill forts there on the Tosham hill. There's a lot going on the Tosham hill. It's a nursery rhyme. (laughs) There's a picture of the hill at Tosham showing the site of the ancient monastery and water cascade. And there's a chap sitting on the rock overlooking an Indian town or village. Which looks looks like quite a view. Is that guy always there on the rock? Like a guide. Yeah, and and his flip-flops. Is he wearing flip-flops? Have you zoomed in? Yeah, I've zoomed right into his flip-flops. Look. Wow, that's a high-resolution image. Because in the picture I've got, you can't even tell he's got feet. He doesn't like happy either. 
I suppose if you see the Tosh and Rock inscription all day, every day. You, you get numb to it. You get yeah. numb to it, yeah. How many times have we been to London and do you ever appreciate London? No. But people pay so much money to come and visit London. Same thing with the Tosh and Rock. I appreciate London. I do as well. I appreciate Kettering. I appreciate everywhere that I go. Oh, you would. Too. Well, I just walk around in wide-eyed wonder at things. <laughs> <For> Kettering? <laughs> yeah. Just look up. Look up at all the old buildings everywhere. You're looking at me as if I'm an insane man. No, I, I can't say I've done that in Kettering. There's that, um, the council buildings. They're lovely. Yeah. And there's that building down there with like the the leaves on it. Yeah. The library. The, the cemetery, library, whatever it is. The inscription records the lineage and building activities of a line of Satvata religious preceptors dating to the fourth and fifth centuries. Old. That's what I was thinking. I, I thought I'd just read your mind there. Yeah. I'm learning a lot doing this. I can sense already when something's got a history. I don't think reading something and sensing it are the same thing. Are they not? No. I've got a lot to learn. So this inscription, anyway, is an important record for the history of the Vaisnava faith. The kinship and clan position of the Satvatas is described in the article on the Yadavas. I don't understand these words. There's a lot of different stuff going on, none of of which we have time to talk about, and we're we're essentially reading out about a rock without giving any of the interesting information behind the rock. Um, Basically wasting our time and the listeners. Fair enough. The inscription was first published by John Faithful Fleet in 1888. A new translation and fresh analysis was undertaken by M. Willis in The Archaeology of Hindu Ritual, published in 2009. So it sat there for 1,400 years, 1,500 years, without anybody knowing what it meant. That doesn't sound right. And there's another picture, and the guy is just chilling. He's <laughs> doing a chill. Oh, it's the, the same guy from above. Yeah. Is like his dad? Oh, we've got the same same thongs on. Mm, we don't call them thongs here. That's I, I just terrible. did. Yeah, well, don't. I was referring to his underwear. <laughs> Look at him, he's, he's, he's absolutely lost it. He thinks that's great. Well, let's read the text then. That'll shed some light. Jack, I'll let you do the honours. Oh, brilliant. Do I have to do this in an Indian voice as well? Probably best not to. It'll just come out like a boo. Like a what? A poo. Oh... I haven't seen you since I doubled my prices. That's just an impression of a poo, so that's, uh, that's yeah. not offensive. It's Although not. is a poo offensive? Fairly, it is a white man doing the voice. Yeah. Wouldn't, no wouldn't one questions these it. days, would it? Because it's a poo, and we yeah. all love a poo. Isn't life funny? Mm. Okay. Verily victory has been achieved. No. I'm no. not doing the Indian bit. No, you, you need to do the first bit. Anyone can that. do that's the bottom stupid. bit. I don't know Hindi. But it's written right, it's not written in Hindi, it's written in English, look. I'm not... That's that's Roman script. You can read that. Leave me alone. Chris? Okay. Shitam. Abiksnam Eva Shambhafatagos. No, it's just offensive. Let me read out the English bit instead, so it's not totally offensive. I feel like it was close. There are some very, very, very long words in there. Okay, so this is um, the English translation of what's on the stone. Verily victory has been achieved again and again by Vishnu, a mighty bee on the water lily that is the face of Jambavati, a very frost to the beauty of the water lilies, which are the faces of the women of the demons. This reservoir and the residence above and a second reservoir, intended for the use of the feet of the Lord, are the work of the Akraria, Samatrata, the great-grandson of Yasastrata, a successor of many men of preceding generations, and Ayasatvata, Yogakaya and devotee of the Lord, the grandson of Akyara, Vishnu Tarata, and the son, begotten of Ravnani, Rav, Ravani, of Akarya Vasduta, of the Gotama Gotra, 
the younger brother of Akara, and Upadhyaya Yasa Strata. So has that shed any light? Um, I quite liked it. There was something, there was something quite poetic about it. That was just the way I read it. Uh, that could be it. Yeah, I yeah. have a very um, poetic flow. Mm. Yeah. You don't like to go on about it, though, I've noticed. No, you're very humble about it. Mm. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> All I wanted from you was a beautiful translation, and I got it. You did get it. I, did. I liked the bit about... The bee. Uh, yeah, mighty bee on the water lily. A very frost to the beauty of the water lilies, which are the faces of the women of the demons. Mm. I don't which know what it means, the... but it sounds good. Uh, that scans really nicely, doesn't it? Water lilies, which are the faces of the women of the demons. Mm. Yeah, it sounds misogynistic, doesn't it? That's what you want from an old-timey religion, yeah. isn't it? And a big good rock. bit Ideally. of misogyny. Keep them women folk in check. Mm. So yeah, put it on a rock. An Indian newspaper, The Tribune, reported in 2013 that rock paintings dated to the 5th century were discovered at the site of the Tosham rock inscription. These rock paintings were said to include figures such as a royal family, a saint, and an orange dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) It was all about the orange dinosaur. (laughs) That's the twist. The twist of this rock painting is that it was... Done by a dinosaur. It was done by a dinosaur all along. Denver... The last dinosaur. What's that? He's our friend and a whole lot more. It was a children's program in about 1989. So this is going to be the second episode in a row where you've sang. Done a bit of singing. Oh, anybody that knows Can the you do tune, it again, please? Anybody that knows the Thinking tune. Thinking of You by oh. Sister Sledge. Hit it. Come on, just a little bit. The listeners loved it. I don't know, we're already a bit frightened that I put too much Sister Sledge in the last episode and we might get sued. Yeah, whatever. Come out, Sister Sledge. (laughs) You've made it packed before we started. If there was any trouble, I'm to take all the flack. Yeah, so come out, it'll be funny. So there we are. We just did an article about a rock in India with some words on it. It's quite old. (laughs) There was a bit about a bee. I'm doing a recap. I'm doing a recap. People have very short attention spans these days. Well, you worked there and you're trying to sell it. (laughs) Well, yeah, go along. I'm sure that they would appreciate the the tourism that this rock must Mm. bring. So go and next time that you're in Tosham, or next time you're in Haryana, swing by Tosham, go and check out this rock. Make sure you're wearing your flip-flops. Seems to be a dress code. And uh, have a look at the beauty of the water lilies, which are the faces of the women of the demons. What the bloody hell is this? <laughs> no idea. What is it? Ten speed and brown shoe. Okay, can we guess what that is? Mm-hmm. Ten speed and brown shoe. A type of motorbike. No, pedal bike. Oh, well, ten speed, yeah. Pedal brown bike, you're thinking, you're thinking in that area. Brown shoe? Yeah. like one. Of is this one motors. thing? Is it like a collective thing? It's one thing. Okay, so it's not like a bike and a shoe. No. Try and think of in old times if someone shouted, "Brown shoe, <laughs> get get the ten speed and brown shoe." Oh, okay. Maybe it's like a tool. Mm. Well, yeah, something like that. It's not an object so much as it's two people. So when I said it was one thing, it's not really. Okay, it so also it's, is. it's a pop group, ten speed and brown shoe. What what era are we talking? We're talking nineteen eighty. Hmm. Okay, so is it racist? Brown shoe appears to be black. Appears to be. Well, I'm not sure which one's which from the picture. I'm assuming that they're standing oh, in the correct order. Oh, okay, I've just loaded it. Okay, that's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> I 
think Jeff Goldblum is 10 speed and then he has a, a little brown friend called Brown Shoe. No, to be fair, if you're standing next to Jeff Goldblum, you look little. He might not be little. He could be seven feet tall. He's just standing next to Jeff Goldblum. How tall is Jeff Goldblum? About 19 feet tall. Oh, is 19 he? feet? 19 feet. I heard he was made of solid gold. He is. Mm. And tastes delicious. Mm. Ten Speed and Brown Shoe is an American detective comedy series originally broadcast by the ABC network between January and June 1980. Oh. This, <laughs> that's not a big run, is it? The series was created and executive produced by Stephen J. Cannell. Ah, so it didn't go very long, so it's a very short series. Steve Cannell is... What's he got under his belt? Well, you know what? He, he is an Emmy Award-winning writer. He wrote for Ironside, Columbo, The Rockford Files. Oh, the biggies. The big ones, uh, obviously, Tempe, <laughs> 10 Speed and Brown Shoe, The A Team, so, uh, Stingray, 21 Jump Street, um, and then oh. just a load of shite, and then he died. Writing for those TV shows wouldn't have been difficult, would it? <gasps> I could have bashed out an episode of The A Team in half an hour, I'm sure. Well, why don't you? Why are you here? Because it would be terrible, because TV in the 1980s was terrible. It's terrible now. Some of it is. I feel like it's... you should see 10 Speed and Brown Shoe before you judge it. it I'm not judging it. Oh, well, I am. classic. It was from 1980 and it only lasted for 14 episodes and we've never heard of it. It's going to be terrible. Like Firefly, that's one of those things that gets where it is one of those things. Got one series and then mm. got cancelled. Yes, just, but um... it's very famous because of that. Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. It's so cool that you, don't even, you haven't even heard of it yet. Give it a couple of years. Let's have a listen to the opening theme. That sounds good. Like a bit of banjo in the background. And Jeff Goldblum will take his jacket off and put it over his shoulder and walk into the office. Are you watching the video as well? Is it good? <laughs> it is very, very 1980. And it looks like it's Jeff Goldblum, who is the, the straight man. And he's got a black friend, and the black friend is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. It's about 19, and he just looks so weird. Um, it might be great. I don't think it's going to be good, though. I'm uh, not going to watch it. Chris, you can watch it. We always say this, and you never follow up. But Well, it's only 14 episodes, and I like... Should we do things. a 10-speed and brown shoe podcast? And then we'll get on with the goodnight... Sweetheart podcast. Oh yeah, do we're not doing the Goodnight Sweetheart. Podcast. I was quite happy. I mean, that. if you're going to do that, then you're welcome to. No, but we can alter it. I don't want to. Yeah, but we can talk about every episode. Yeah, but no, you're not understanding me. I don't want to. But how else are you going to see every episode in order and discuss it? Yeah, Just yeah. down the pub. And then every every episode, you know how we have a little bit at the beginning where we say what the podcast is and who we are, and I'll say like. Enter the time hole. And then we can talk about what happens in an episode. Yeah, I don't want to. But if we do 10 Speed and Brown Shoe first, that's only 14 episodes, so we get that out of the way quickly. I'm more interested in doing 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. 10 Speed and Brown Shoe, the podcast. If it's going to be like one of those epi- one of those TV shows that they have after the proper TV show, it needs to be pun-related in the title, like okay. The Talking Dead or... Talking, talking bad. bad. <laughs> oh, that's really bad, or isn't it? Or Thronecast. Yeah, what are we going to call it? Um, ten. Up, oh. Let's get up to ten speed with Brown Shoe. <laughs> the ten speed and Brown Show. Oh. The ten speed and Brown Show. That's awful. It's better than whatever Shut the up. hell came out of your mouth. Mine was good. 
Okay. <laughs> let's go up to let's speed find out a little bit more about shoot. 10 Speed and Brown Shoot to see if we do want to do an offshoot, okay. offshoot podcast. I'm not, just, just before anyone gets excited, Chris, I'm not doing any other podcasts. I can't. I could not do another with podcast with you. <laughs> One is enough. The one-hour programme revolved around two detectives who had their own detective agency in Los Angeles. E.L., early Leroy, 10-speed Turner, played by Ben Vereen, was a hustler who worked as a detective to satisfy his parole requirements. Oh, my God, so racist. (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? He was a hustler who worked Uh, as a a detective to satisfy his parole requirements. What judge does that? Oh, you're so good at crime. We're going to use you instead of sending you to prison. His partner, Lionel Brownshoe Whitney, played by Jeff Goldblum, was an archetypal accountant, complete with button-down collars and a nagging fiancé. There we go. At least for the pilot episode. Oh, did they get rid of the nagging fiancé? So Brownshoe had always wanted to be a 1940s-style Bogart P.I. A running joke was his penchant for reading a series of hard-boiled crime novels subtitled A Mark Savage Mystery, written by Stephen J. Cannell, though he never wrote such a series of novels. <laughs> Old japers. With Goldblum reading particularly purple passages in voice... What? I mean... Purple is an adjective. Yeah. Does I mean saucy? Reading particularly... No, because blue means saucy. So purple, I mean, I think that means like bruised, throbbing, really saucy. Now the only the only time I've I've heard purple used in that way is when footballers are quite good for like six or seven games and they call it a purple patch. But or I've never really heard that outside of the sports. So purple Ronnie could be. What about him? That is he's called purple Ronnie not because of his colour but because he's good for a bit. But like he purple. is purple. It's a coincidence. Where Play on words. Why around from the purple, Ronnie? I haven't seen a birthday card with him on for years. It's the great last in the world, is it? Vimto is, though, isn't it? Well, Vimto's not gone anywhere. You know, you don't get it often. It's like Tizer. Yeah, but they're both there. If you want, if you if you really want them, you can seek them out. The thing is, nobody really wants them. I quite fancy Tizer quite a lot. And sometimes you'll go and seek out a Tizer, but not often enough for it to be everywhere. Hmm. If you went to a pub and they'd got Tizer on tap, you'd think, what a stupid hipster hellhole is this? I've been to pubs with Iron Brew on tap. Yeah, you, you're from Corby. That's not... That's we live obvious. in the most Scottish town outside of Scotland, so... Okay, but enough. more Scottish than a lot of the towns in Scotland. Mm. Yeah, all the towns on the border. <laughs> yeah, southern wusses. <laughs> so Goldblum would read the particularly purple passages in voiceover. He was sharper than he seemed, although a little naive, and more reasonable than his career path demanded, and had picked up karate to black belt standard. Mm. <laughs> Just picked up. Yeah, it happens. This was the first series to come from Stephen J. Cannell Productions as an independent company. It was distributed through Paramount Television, one of only two such collaborations. The other was Riptide. So it's good. When we run out of episodes of this, we can move on to Riptide. Mm. And it's also... Good Night Sweetheart. I'm not doing Good Night Sweetheart. Why not? Because it's terrible. I, you know what I would really love? And Chris, I really hope that you, you go with this. I'd love just a good night, sweetheart podcast, but just you, just a monologue about ev- one ep- one episode a week for every episode of Good Night, Sweetheart until you're done, and it's just you talking for 10, 15 minutes about. You'd the love that. That would that would be something you'd really like. So Genuinely, I, I would love. I would love week, to listen to. You'd that. look forward to listening to my monologue about. No, I honestly would. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you being because like that? I actually would. That I would be feel great. like this is a ploy to get rid of me using the distraction. <laughs> <technique>. <laughs> 
On it, no. Plan. I swear to God, it does, you, sound, it does yeah. sound that way, doesn't it? it? Does. If I could listen to anyone doing a monologue about Good Night Sweetheart once a week, it would be you. <laughs> I see. No, I see what you're do. doing. I'm not doing anything. You are. I'm not. And then one day I'll come in and you say, Chris, yeah, yeah, you. I know how much the Good Night Sweetheart podcast means to you. Just don't worry about this anymore. Go do what's really important, <laughs> and then I'll go and do it. If I wanted rid of you, I would just leave this podcast. Don't go either of you. However, if you were to record a Good Night Sweetheart podcast, I'll edit it for you. How about that? Okay. Why don't you call it Gary's Time Tunnel? <laughs> that <laughs> that podcast. Gary's Time Tunnel. That works. Needs a better name. Gary's Time Tunnel, a Good Night Sweetheart podcast. Good Night Gary. Good Night Gary Cast. <laughs> Good Night Gary Cast. <laughs> yeah. No, like Gary cast. People called Gary might download it thinking they're going to get a nice. Well, yeah, they will. Send off to sleep. Yeah, they'll they get a nice story. Okay. Good night, Gary and Gary's. Okay. Uh, they can only be 10 minutes long, but I'll do a good night, sweetheart <laughs> podcast with you. Okay. Great. Yes. Yeah. I'm not, but I'll listen. 10 minutes each. You watch an episode a week and you can record it after we've recorded Wicked Shuffle when I leave. Where are we going to get all the episodes of Good Night Sweetheart? Oh, from? you'll be able to oh, get it online. The BBC okay. archives. I'll ring, up UK. I'll ring up Nicholas himself. Get him to guest. Yeah, he'd love it. You're leaving this in as a promise to the listeners. We will put together a a pilot. It's got to be good. Well, obviously, it's going to be good. Yeah, well, it's good night, sweetheart. It needs structure. The source material. This is where this is where it's going to be successful compared to this. Yeah, <laughs> because we can't guarantee with this what we're going to land on. You know, every episode of Gary is gold. Can you please find out how many episodes of Good Night Sweetheart there are that in existence? That's exactly what I'm about to do. So I might have just <laughs> overcommitted myself. Phil, no matter what it is, you have to do it. But no matter how many episodes, you have to do it. It's only one a week, and you're going to record it for 10 minutes. You're going to watch the episodes 20 minutes. Half an hour a week. It's not that bad, is it? There's only 58 episodes. Oh, easy. <laughs> so you can have it, you can have so it done only, in a year. It's only a year, yeah, if we work hard, because we'll need to get a few behind That's not too bad, is it? I can knock five out at a time. Bang in five. Good night, sweethearts. Christ. Okay, we are going to, you've heard it here first, we are going to launch the Goodnight Sweetheart podcast okay. and we're going to come up with a better name than whatever the hell we've talked about so far. Yeah, in these time. Working titles, Goodnight Gary. So the model for this podcast, it's sort of like the Full House podcast. You know, It's the like one, all of the podcasts. All of the podcasts, yeah, but the Full yeah, House one in particular, that as a direct result of that podcast, the show was recommissioned by Netflix. Is that our aim? Yeah. That'd be nice. Give Nicholas and that something to do. I'm not sure I want that on my conscience. <laughs> no? It could do with a bit of a revamp. Okay. It could be a complete reboot. Uh, how on Goodnight Sweetheart side are you going to be? Are you going to be all sniffy about it? Like, I couldn't be shit. a dick about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be no. happy doing that. I so you're going to discuss the plot elements of Goodnight Sweetheart yeah. in detail and character with earnestness. Maybe not earnestness, because I'm not sure that's a word. It's not a word. <laughs> Learn to love its charms. So it must have okay. had something. Yeah. There's no guarantee of that. This isn't what we were supposed to be talking about. Anyway, we're supposed to be talking about... Brown Shoe and... Ten Speed and Brown game. Shoe. So we've just found out that Jeff Goldblum's got a black belt in karate. Picked that up, didn't he? It was heavily promoted by ABC at the time it premiered in late January 1980. The series attracted a substantial audience for its first few episodes. Indeed, the series was the 29th most watched programme of the 1979-80 to 80 US television se season. But viewership dropped off substantially after that and the series was not renewed for the following year. The show had broad similarities to the later television series Simon and Simon and Moonlighting, in that it was a lightly dramatic programme with many comedic moments about two dissimilar detectives who attempt to solve cases together. Cannell recycled the basic idea of Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, a crime solver on the right side of the law working and taking responsibility for the rehabilitation of an ex-criminal, in watered-down form as the successful Hardcastle and McCormick. Hmm. How successful would you say Hardcastle and McCormick was? Why? 
Yeah. Have you heard of it more or less than 10 speed? I've heard of it. Have you? Yeah. So So that's something. So there's episode synopses. Does anyone want to pick an episode that catches their fancy? Because I don't feel like reading out all 14 episodes. Lionel receives a hot birthday present from EL, while EL's probation officer is trying to find a way to get EL put back in prison. Oh. What's a hot birthday present? Talking of hot things, this is just not anything to do with anything. But on my way here, I was driving along, and there was this huge pop sound. Scared the shit out of me. I almost died. It was so loud. Freaked me out. Stopped the car, got out, had to look. Thought my tyre had popped or something like that. Had some cans of Pepsi Max on my the back of my car, on the boot. The parcel shelf, that's the word. Mm-hmm. And it, it just popped. The top bit of the can, just clean off. Yeah, it was violent. Could have killed me. Does sound very dramatic. Also, is that called a parcel shelf? Hmm. Yes, it is called a parcel shelf. It's keeping your parcels on. Can they not put them on the back seat? Well, you you can, but Unless then where do you put your passengers? The, where do you put the kids? You can hold them. You can hold the kids as you drive. No, they can hold the parcels. Would you trust parcels with children? Depends on their age. Or would you trust children with parcels? Well, if they're wrapped well. You just put them on the shelf, though. It's going to be safer, isn't mm. it? I've realised why someone's invented one. You can use it for other things, though. Like Pepsi. Not ideal. No. Not in the summer not. sun. Aluminium drinks cans. <laughs> Do you know what annoys me as an old person? You see, many things. I, I bet it doesn't Those annoy foreigners. you. I bet it... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Europe. Oh, why can't I just be me on my own with people just like me? Ham, egg and chips. <laughs> that was my actual voice just crept out <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, inside. Every now and again. Inside, it's like that the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, aluminium cans. Yeah. When they have them in films, mm. when the film is set in the past, mm. and they have new style ring pulls on uh, in a time when they wouldn't have had new style ring pulls. That really gets you, that one. Well, I'm not sure you remember what an old style ring pull was like. No. That's it's like a string. Thing. What's an old style ring pull? It was a one piece contraption that was like a bit of the top of the can that you could <laughs> remove the whole thing. Sure. Ah, oh, like beans. No, because he didn't take the whole can off. It was still in a space like that, but the ring pull, pull rather than... You, I mean, it's a much better design than you one. I'm not saying move backwards, mm. but I'm saying is, if you're making a historical piece of drama... Invest in... Get your ring pulls right. Some, get your yeah. ring pulls right. That but, never happened, But where would you? But where would you get an old-style ring pull from if you needed to? If you were working... Well, exactly. So if you were sharp. working on an old film set in the 1980s, where would you get that can from? There must be somebody out there making them. We'll have to find them. Here's a question to answer, isn't there? So maybe one of those people's listening. So you used to have to kind of cut off, and at the end, it was really quite hard to remove. And admittedly, I was a little boy, so that might have been why it was quite difficult. But it used to come (laughs) off with kind of like a real force, and then you'd have the bit of ring pull left. And all over the floor, everywhere in the world, would be these ring pulls, because they formed a separate piece, and you don't see them anymore. But they they were everywhere. Oh, in the 1980s, you couldn't move for ring pulls all over the floor. Like white you dog don't poo. seem as interested. Like white dog poo. Yeah. Exactly. You would see the ring pulls dotted around around the white dog poo. They went hand in hand That's an image with from being the past. an 80s child. Jack wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, if we would start talking about pogs. Oh! I had a pog maker. I'd make my own football pogs. Uh, I had an elf pog. Alf, yeah, alien remember, remember Alf? Yeah, I remember yeah, he's Alf. back now. Do you know an interesting fact about Alf? No. The character of Alf has appeared in more television shows than any other fictional character. 
Incorrect. Why is that incorrect? What about God? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Dawkins. Yeah, never really had a credit. Oh. Never, never been credited. Okay. But yeah, um, and played by the same actor as well. Pogs, Chris? I was. I like the Tazo ones that you got in crisps. No, they were stupid. You got Come crisps, on. though. Oh, yeah. Sound better to me. I didn't really want to talk about Pogs as well, you no. know. No. I oh. wanted to talk about old-style ring pulls. I've got that <laughs> off my chest now. So we Did you used to play on. games with old-style ring pulls in the playground? Did they get banned? They were pretty they were too dangerous. popular. They were They're really imagined. sharp. Yeah. They were dangerous. There was a danger associated with them. Not like today. Kids today don't know they're born. No. Don't know they're born. You just open a can and the old oh, day. no one's going to lose a finger there, are they? When you're out playing with your cup and ball or whatever, and you open up your can of 7-Up or whatever the equivalent was back then. Cocaine. Tab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tab Serrated edges. On March the 9th, 2010, Mill Creek Entertainment released 10 Speed and Brown Shoe on DVD in Region 1 for the first time. Podcast, podcast, <laughs> podcast, podcast, it's podcast. On a region, it's on a Region 1 DVD. How could I possibly watch it? Oh, come on. In good conscience. <laughs> <laughs> because CBS, who held ownership of the pilot, refused to come to an agreement on its issue, MCI revealed in January 2010 that it would not be included on the DVD. What a bunch of dicks at CBS. You've got 10 Speed and Brown Shoe, the pilot. They're releasing a 10 Speed and Brown Shoe DVD. They're going to sell 50 copies of this thing. Why would you not release it? That's such a dick mm. move, CBS. Right, let's stop withering on about the past. Um, oh, the 80s. I remember stop. it like yeah. it was yesterday. Well, we do say that a lot in that voice, but actually most of our podcasts do descend into, oh, do you remember this? <laughs> remember this TV It's what show? people want. Yeah, is it? Don't know. I'd ask the listeners, but they've all left. <laughs> the problem with this article, though, is we are essentially doing that, but we're doing it with a programme that nobody's watched. Do you remember this? No. no. Move on, then. Talk about Pogs for a bit. <laughs> I've just noticed that this article has got the word sphincter in the first paragraph, so, so we should enjoy this one. Yes. Hypernasal speech. Hypernasal speech. Also, hyperrhinolalia. <laughs> Nailed it. Or open nasality, medically known as rhinolalia aperta, is a disorder that causes abnormal resonance in a human's voice due to increased airflow through the nose during speech. Ah, oh, like Janice Reporter. Is that what she got? Like when you talk like this through your nose. I'm not sure. Or is it the opposite, where there's too much, not enough nose? I think this is a hypernasal speech. Is that hypernasal speech? That's Zippy from Rainbow. Yeah, that's Zippy. Or Frank Sidebottom. I feel like I'm closing off the nasal cavity more than opening it up. Well, how do you talk through it? Well, it certainly sounds nasal. You sound like someone that's telling me I'm doing drugs. Hang on, I don't get it. You talk, so we're, you're talking through your nose, but there's more nose air than there is mouth air. It's a disorder that causes abnormal resonance Please. in a human's voice due to increased airflow through the nose during speech. <laughs> Cause resulting from an incomplete closure of the soft palate and or velopharyngeal sphincter. <laughs> the palate comprises two parts, the hard palate and the soft palate, which is connected to the uvula. The movements of the soft palate and the uvula are made possible by the velopharyngeal sphincter. <laughs> During speech or swallowing, the uvula lifts against the back throat wall to close the nasal cavity. Wow. When producing nasal consonants such as an M, like N, and Like when you talk N, like this, this is what it is. I just did it. You just did it. I just did it by closing the passages from the back of my mouth to my by nose. Closing the... Oh, yes, I see what you mean. Is this entertaining to listen to, or um... is it just downright annoying? <laughs> 
When producing nasal consonants such as M, N, and NG, the uvula remains relaxed, thereby enabling the air to go through the nose. The Eusatian tube, which opens near the velopharyngeal sphincter, <laughs> connects the middle ear and nasal pharynx. Normally, the tube ensures aeration and drainage of secretions of the middle ear. Gross, all of this is going on in your head right now. Right now, all the secretions from your middle ear are being drained you, through your face. You don't normally have to think about it, it just happens. I'm yeah, you can't willfully it. do it. Go on, I'm asking you to drain some middle ear fluids through your face. You can't uh, make I it happen. Pass out. Children with a cleft palate have difficulties controlling these muscles and thus are unable to open the eustachian tube. Secretions accumulate in the middle ear when the tube remains dysfunctional over a long period of time, which causes hearing loss and middle ear infections. Ultimately, hearing loss can lead to impaired speech and language development. Sometimes children present no abnormalities yet still have hypernasal speech. This can be due to velopharyngeal mislearning, indicating that the child has been imitating or has never learnt how to use the valve correctly. Is this, it's not exactly the same, there's no medical term for it, but how I say oven differently than everyone else. Just never learned to do it properly. It's, yeah, you've just never learned. Just never learned. No one ever taught you that in no, school. They didn't. You weren't there that day. I wasn't there for a lot of days. <laughs> <laughs> the most common complications of the posterior pharyngeal wall flap are hyponasality, nasal obstruction, snoring, and sleep apnea. You snore. Tell us about your snoring. Because you've witnessed my snoring. Yes, well, yes, I have. It's <laughs> so quite a, an impressive snore that you possess. Um, Can you do a little sample? No. Can't do you not do know it. what it's like? It's thunderous. Have you really? heard it back? Have you had it like recorded? Um, yeah, I'm not sure that I have, actually. Do you wake yourself up? Yes. Because uh, you've never heard my snoring. No. We went away on holiday and you mm-hmm. got to hear my snoring firsthand. Yeah, and everybody said, it was, it was quite bad. But no one really prepared me for the extent. It was like when it first happened, that my initial reaction was to hide under something. <laughs> <laughs> Or in a doorway, like those pictures you get of a bomb is supposed to go off. Like, hide in the doorway! Yeah. Because but... Chris doesn't not snore. No, I just you, snore you're a like it's a, You snore like a person. Yeah. I snore like some kind of earth-moving machinery. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I can't, my par- I can't share a bed with my partner because it's just, it's too much. It's too much. She's to, just too repulsed by you. She's far too repulsed <laughs> by me, yeah, well, who yeah. wouldn't be? And I don't really know when it started. Do you live in a terraced house? I do. So have you had complaints from the neighbours? They've not mentioned it, but I feel kind of confident that they would be able to hear. Mm. So if you fall asleep on like a plane or in a cinema... I can't. I can't let myself. Wow. Can't let myself. I mean, the good thing is that the snoring starts and I wake myself up mm. before anybody else reads. So it, it just comes across as like a snort. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, I do genuinely worry about falling asleep in public yeah. places because it is so bad. Is this one of the only occasions I thought, you know, I wouldn't want you with me in a war? <laughs> no, no, there is no evolutionary benefit. You would give away our position. Well, you know, oh, you, are, you, are the right, you are the right age. Were you in the attic with Anne Frank? <laughs> are you what gave it away? That's, uh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, no evolutionary benefit whatsoever. I'm just going to get eaten by a bear mm. in the olden days. Eaten by a bear. I feel kind of sad for you. It is. It's a sad story, isn't it? Mm. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is. Thank it's, you. Yes, yeah, no one wants anything like that that makes them, like, debilitates them in, in yes. any way or makes them into some sort of grotesque freak. <laughs> Goodbye, and we will see you again next week. 
Do you want to do a thing about the awards? Uh, well, the awards haven't happened yet, but they will be happening. We'll be going, Chris and I are going to the awards ceremony next weekend. Mm-hmm. And maybe, fingers crossed, it's too late to vote for us. If you didn't vote for us, well, thanks. Yeah, yeah fat lot of help you were. And if you did vote for us, thank you very much. But we'll find out how we did uh, next Saturday when we're going to yeah. a fancy hotel and they're going to feed us and entertain us. So that's next, that's the 18th, the 18th. So by the that's time you're listening 18th. to this, it will be nearly time for the awards. Yep. And then the week after, we'll let you know how we go. Ooh. Actually, we probably won't because we'll probably pre-record before the awards. Yeah, probably. Tell you what we haven't done for a while. What? And that's told people who we are and where we are. We don't we do that very often. No. Podcasts are supposed to do that. We're supposed to do that every five minutes. We're supposed to come to our website. Get involved. Hashtag. Hashtag. Get hashtag get involved. Yeah, because that'll get to Hashtag Wikishuffle. Press the random article button yourself. Stick it on Twitter and hashtag Wikishuffle. We tried to get people to do that at the beginning, didn't we? Didn't God. really hold, did no it? No one could be asked. No, and who can blame them? Yeah, I've never interacted with anything no, in my life. No, It's nice when we get interactions, but, you know. But that said, send us a postcard, eh? Wikishuffle HQ, 1B Headlands, Kettering NN157ER. Or follow us on Twitter, at WikishufflePod. Or visit wikishuffle.co.uk. Or follow us on Facebook, Wikishuffle. And if I'm dead when you're listening to this, because I've been murdered by ISIS... Uh, my final words, Davy Cameron is a pie. That's, that wasn't as long living as I expected it to be, that particular phrase. No, but I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. I well, hurriedly I'm... made a T-shirt for that campaign. We've never used it. Very exciting. <laughs> it was like, within it was an hour, I was like, Chris, you have to make a Davy Cameron is a pie T-shirt so we can get it on Redbubble and sell it to the I millions of people. I think it is on people. there. Is it? Yeah, I think it's still on there. No, no one's bought it. It was not a well-designed T-shirt. It's quite hastily done. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't sure what he was doing, but it's a, a testament to the power you hold over Chris that he just did it unquestioningly. <laughs> Could have meant anything. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, we will see you next week. David Cameron is a pie. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.